Well, it's Super Bowl Sunday again, and I, I don't know if you're, how obsessed you are with the Super Bowl, or maybe just with the Patriots. I've been watching a whole lot of commentary, some interesting commentary all over the place all week long, and like every year, all the commentators have been talking about the greatness of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Uh, that's the topic of conversation. Um, and you'll, you'll see tonight, Ozzy, you'll see tonight, Ozzy, just, <laughs> you'll see tonight two masters at work. I mean, yeah, these guys are masters at calling really good plays. They're masters at calling the right plays at the right time, but... What so many experts have been giving them credit for is actually their mastery of the clock. Their mastery of the clock. They, they are masters of working the clock in their favor. You remember the first Super Bowl? Ozzy, you remember that? Uh, the first Super Bowl that TB12 won versus LA. You remember that one? The Pats were tied. There was one minute and 21 seconds left on the clock. And the commentator, I, th I think it was John Madden, he says, you have to run the clock out. Like you just, you, you have to play for overtime. As a coach, I would never do what the Patriots are doing right now. But what he didn't know is that that's not how we football in New England, Right? Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, they showed their genius with the mastery of the clock because they made enough plays to advance the ball and march up the field to get them in field goal range and win with the field goal so that there was no time left for their opponents. Ozzy, you, you remember the, the Super Bowl win? <laughs> That, that, that win against Seattle, uh, right? Bill could have called a timeout, right, at the, at the end of that game, like close to the end of that game. Everybody expected Bill to call a timeout. The Patriots coaching staff were waiting for Bill to call a timeout. And he opted not to call the timeout. And that Super Bowl ended with a Malcolm Butler interception that won the game. See, the Pats know that proper clock management can ultimately determine the outcome of the game. But don't think that these guys just walk on the field as if that's the only time they've seen this issue before. Don't let that fool you. Don't let what you see on the field fool you. There's a lot of hard work that goes beyond, behind every single play, including clock management strategy. There's clock management strategy that's discussed around conference tables with the coaches and the staff. They, they study game film of the last games, and they look at what they did at what times in the game because they're studying clock management. 
And then what they do is they go out on the field and they rehearse the same thing. Guys, we're going to pretend as though there's one minute left in the game and we're 80 yards away from a touchdown. In fact, these grown men have to make an account for their time off the field, especially this week, especially the last two weeks. And this week, they had to adhere to a strict curfew enforced by their coaches. These grown men had a curfew. Because what they do with their time, especially these last two weeks, is critical to the outcome of tonight's game. In fact, if you heard that some of the players were out partying last night and they lose tonight, you'll be very upset because they didn't use their time well. And it's this discipline that has brought them to yet another Super Bowl. And so this morning, we are continuing our series called When is When? At some point in our lives, we've, we've all said these different generic statements that really have no timeline and no definition and, and no real plan. Like, we say things like, when I reach this position in my career, that's when I'll get involved. And when I have more time, that's when I'll serve in the church. And when I get that degree, I'll insert myself on a ministry team. When I get enough money, that's when I'll tithe. When I get that house, I'll be open to a life group. I mean, it, it sounds like we're committing to something, but we fully know that there's no commitment behind that at all. This is one that a lot of people wouldn't verbalize out loud, but there's a lot of people who, if they don't say it, some of them think it, I'm going to have all the fun I can while I'm young. When I'm older, when I'm older, that's when I'll choose Jesus. But come on, when is when? Right? And this morning I want to tell you that, that the time is now. When is when is going to teach us that the time is now to get our act together. And the time is now to get our schedules right, to get our budgets together. The time is now to fully commit to following this Jesus. And all of these issues we were saying last week deal with something called stewardship. And last week we learned about what stewardship is, and we're just going to review that really quickly Stewardship is the conducting or the supervising or the managing of something, the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care, or in other words, being the manager of somebody else's possessions. That's what a steward is. And then last week, we said that nothing belongs to us. In Psalm 24, it says that the earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and all those who dwell in it. And so last week we said that it, it all belongs to God, doesn't it? Your family, your, your talents, your gifts, your, your finances, and your time. All of it belongs to God. These are His resources that He's asked you to be the manager of. And the major question that we're asking is, how is your stewardship? How is the management of the resources that God has asked you 
to manage? How are you doing with this management? And so today we want to talk about stewardship of time. See, God has entrusted a whole bunch of things to us, and one of the resources that God has entrusted to us is time. And we want to be good stewards of his time, don't we? So if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Psalm 90? Psalm 90. You know, our our scripture today, it encourages us to make the most out of the time that we have. It reminds us that our life is short. Our, Our life is temporary. We don't have a whole lot of time, so we need to make the most out of the time that we have. In the first 10 verses of Psalm 90, this is Moses And Moses is writing this. The first 10 verses are are devoted to to making this contrast. Where God is eternal and powerful and never-ending. And here's the frailty of man right next to him. So let's read together from verse 1. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you gave birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn man back into dust and say, return, O children of men. For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it passes by, or as a watch in the night. You have swept them away like a flood. In the morning, they are like grass which sprouts anew. In the morning, it flourishes and sprouts anew. Towards evening, it fades and withers away. Verse 9, for all our days have declined. We have finished our years like a sigh. As for the days of our life, they contain 70 years, or if due to, to strength, 80 years, Yet their pride is but labor and sorrow, for soon it is gone and we fly away. We'll just stop right there for a second. Moses says, you and I, we're, we're just like dust. Or we're like dreams that, that get swept away. He compares us to, to the grass that, that flourishes in the morning, and by evening it withers and then it dies. Aren't you glad you came to church today? (laughs) I mean, the point of the passage isn't to depress you. But it is to remind you that your life is short. The point of the passage is to remind us to make the most out of the time that God has given us. In other words, Moses is saying, God, you are sovereign. God, you are eternal. Before there was even time, there you were. But as for us, we are are nothing. And our days are numbered. So what should we do if our days are numbered? Let's keep reading verse 12. And this is our key verse for today. I'm going to ask that you try your best to memorize this sometime this week. 
This is what he says. He says, so teach us to number our days. Teach us, Lord, to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. A heart of wisdom. You know, sometimes it's a good idea to take an inventory of what's going on in your life. Last week, we talk, talked about foundations and, and just examining the foundation. Yeah, we want to build our life on Jesus Christ, but we got to take a hard look at that foundation. So this morning, when you arrived in today, you should have received a handout that looks something like this. And if you don't have one, would you raise your hand really quickly? How do this many people pass the ushers and the greeters? I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, as the ushers are, are handing those out, I want you to look at the side that says, my typical week last year. My typical week last year. And I just want you to think over the course of 2018, through the course of 2018, what did your typical week look like? And I know that's hard for some people who have shift work and, and work different jobs and things like that, but, but just for a moment, on a typical week, sometime last year, what did your life look like? Now, this isn't for you to hand in or, or to show anybody else. This is just for you, so I need you to be as honest as you can with this with this handout, and I just want you to start answering numbers one to eight on your, on your schedule there. So I need you to fill in the time that you normally sleep, when you go to work, when you go to school, your, your meal prep time and your, your meal time, your homework time, fill in your chores that you have to do, so like, when do you do your laundry, when do you do your groceries, when do you clean the house, fill in your hobbies or your interests, uh, if you take your kids to dance or to piano or to hockey or basketball or a sport, you know, fill those things in. Uh, I need you to fill in your TV watching or your Netflix binging or what other entertainment you may have, and then any other thing that kind of takes up quite a bit of your time, would you fill that in as well? I, Roy, if you would play some handout filling out music for us, that would be awesome. And I'll give you a few minutes to fill this out. All right, everybody stop. Pencils down. Guys are working so hard. I probably should have asked you to be as specific as you can instead of writing numbers one to eight. But that's okay, because you can take it home and be a little bit more specific. Um, a lot of us probably have a picture that, that might look like uh, the next slide. Can you put the next slide? Something like that, like maybe, maybe. And so I, I just want to ask you a few questions in terms of your schedule. If you just, just look at your schedule really quickly, at least what's, what's already done. I mean, you've just taken an inventory of your lifestyle from last year. 
Are you overworked? Are you overly entertained? You don't have to call out. <laughs> Are you overly involved? Maybe in things that you don't need to be involved in. Are you not involved at all? According to your schedule. What consumes most of your time? Who consumes most of your time? And here's the most important question I can ask you. Where is God in your schedule? I mean, like, where is he? Like, if if I had you pass out your handout to the person that's sitting next to you, what would they say about your schedule? Would, would they say, yes, Jesus is the foundation of this person? Or would they be concerned saying, where is Jesus in the life of this person? If you were with us for, for the ser- first service of the year, we had a different handout where we asked you, what's going to center your life in 2019? And there's a lot of people who said, you know what, we want Jesus to be at the center of our life. And how are you going to do that? A lot of people said, I'm going to pray more. I'm going to read the Bible more. Well, come on, when is when? What is more? Did you think it was just magically going to happen? The truth is is that this thought to pray more, that thought to read the Bible more, has every right intention but zero commitment. If, if we're honest with ourselves, right? So teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. Last week we talked about this story that Jesus tells after the Sermon on the Mount where he says the wise men built his house on the rock And the foolish man builds his house on sand. And the challenge that was was before us was, what is your foundation really, what does it really look like? That I might present to you a heart of wisdom. A wise person builds his life on the rock. A a wise person builds his life on Jesus. A, a, A foolish person wastes their time. A wise person understands that God has given us time and we have an obligation to be good managers of the time that he's given to us and a foolish person squanders that time. A wise person orders their day around Jesus and a foolish person has no time for him. A wise person spends time with the lover of their soul. A wise person spends time with Jesus and a foolish person neglects him altogether. A wise person seeks Jesus and his kingdom first and has an understanding that all of these other things, all of the rest of the stuff in your calendar, the rest of the stuff in your schedule will eventually work itself out. So teach us to number our days that we might be wise. 
did you know that at, at some point, you have to give an account to the owner about how you managed his resources? You will be responsible for giving an account for the resource of time that God has given you. And it will be really unwise for you to say, I was too busy to pray. It's going to be really unwise for you to say, I was too busy to read your word. Like, come on, Jesus, it takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of time to read and to pray, and after work, I'm just too tired. I mean, I believe in you, I'm just too tired after work to spend time with you. I mean, I love you. I mean, I really do, Jesus. I love you, but I also love Netflix. After my full schedule of toting the kids around to basketball and baseball and hockey and track and piano and dance, I just need to relax and I just need to unwind and I need to veg out. And What do you think the owner of this resource is going to say to you? Do you think the owner of the resource of time is going to look at you and say, you are wise not to spend time with me? Do you think the owner of this resource is going to say to you, you are wise to fill your schedule up with so many different things and push me right out? Teach us to number our days. Teach us to number our days. I was telling Smith a couple of days ago, we were talking about the fast that we were on, and I was just telling her, I was so excited to eat after we were done the fast, but I have not been satisfied. So weird. The only thing that satisfied me these last couple of weeks has been water. Water. And there is stuff in your schedule that you're trying to satisfy some craving that is never going to satisfy you unless you carve out some time for Jesus. Unless you carve out some time where Jesus, this living water, he's the only thing that's ever going to satisfy you. Teach us to number our days. In, In the original Hebrew, it says, teach us to weigh out our days. Teach us to make an allotment for our days. Teach us to take an account for the day. Teach us to take an account and then show us what we should do in our day. Teach us to make our time on this earth matter. Teach us to honor you with the time that you have given to us. Look, if we, if we want our days to count, if we want our days to be filled with purpose and with meaning, we need to be really careful in how we spend the time that's been entrusted to us. Now, I'm not saying you have to throw out every TV in your house, but maybe there needs to be some cutting back. There, there are some areas in the schedule that just you need to cut back. Teach us to number our days. Teach us to make the most out of our time. I'm going to ask Tim and the prayer team if you guys would come forward. You know, if you really want Jesus 
as the foundation of your time, as the foundation of your schedule, then I want to challenge you this week. And I need you to do a little bit of homework for me. I need you to pray and ask the Lord to teach you to number your days. And then I need you to start filling out the other side of your handout that says what I want my week to look like. And fill out what God would teach you about your schedule. And fill out what God would teach you about your time. So right now, you could just fill in at the bottom of the handout. It says one, two, and three. This is how we're going to do this. See, typically, we fill our lives with stuff, and then we try to fit God in, if at all. But what I'm asking you to do is, number one, start with what matters most. Start with what matters most. And number two, fill in everything else. And number three, make sure you include the things that you want to start doing. There's a lot of us who, around the New Year's, we said we wanted to start exercising. We wanted to start talking to our neighbors. We wanted to start getting involved in ministry. We wanted to start some really good things. Make sure you include that in your schedule. Start with what matters most. Start with Jesus. Start with Jesus as the foundation of your schedule. Where are you going to carve out some time so that you can pray, so that you can read his word, even if it's 10 minutes, even if it's 30 minutes, if it's an hour or more, when are you going to do it? This is the most important thing that you can do here right now, today, this week, is make a decision about when you are going to do that. Because that says to God that you're committed to this. Some of your forums have no ministry service at all. How are you going to add that into your life? Some of your kids are involved in so many things that you're not providing them time to be trained in the ways of the Lord. So what do you need to cut out? And this is what you and I need to start praying. Lord, teach us to number our days. This is something that I can't help you with. This needs to be you going home saying, God, teach me to number my days. Give me the courage to stop certain things. Give me the strength to start doing things you need me to do. Help me to be determined. Help me to be disciplined in the area of time so that whatever I say, whatever I do, wherever I go, it would be pleasing in your sight, and it would bring you glory. You know, we, we spend our time as though our time is unlimited. Many of us live as though our time is unlimited, and, and Moses says, no, no, no. Your days are numbered. And so when we say, teach us to number our days, we need to live as though our days are numbered. My time is limited. And your time is limited. So I need to be careful with what I do with my time. And when you live like your days are numbered, that's when you'll gain wisdom. 
and I'll close with this. There is something that you cannot put off. You don't have time to waste on this. This is a critical decision that some of you may need to make here this morning. Not in three months. Not in a year. Not in five years. Not when you're older. A lot of people say, after I've had my fun, that's when I'll follow Jesus. I want to tell you that you have no time. You don't have time. You don't have time to waste in choosing to follow Jesus. You don't have time to do whatever it is that you want to do thinking that you can choose Jesus, hopefully like right in the nick of time. This is what it says in Revelation. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. with your eyes closed and with your heads bowed this morning. And Jesus is knocking on the door of our hearts. The King is longing to have fellowship with you. and He wants you to be open to Him. Not just on a Sunday morning. It's difficult to be open to Him on your commute to work. But he wants some alone time with you. And here he is, patient, persistent, trying to get through to us. And here he is, and he, lo- he allows us to decide whether or not we're going to open our lives to him. So what are you doing when you hear him knock? Do you leave him out? I'll get to the door when... I have time. And you know, today can be a fresh start for you if you would allow him to come in, allow him to change you from the inside out, allow him to lead you and direct you. Choosing to live for Jesus is a decision that you don't have time for. morning, if you want to choose Jesus, or maybe you want to rededicate your life today, I invite you to pray this prayer in your heart. You don't need to pray this out loud, just in your heart. Say, dear God, I don't understand everything, but as much as I know how I open my life to you, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I need new hope. I need new direction. I need new strength, and I need you. Forgive me for all the wrongdoings that I have done. Forgive me for looking in all the wrong places. Forgive me for living my life away from you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for paying my ransom on that cross. Come into my life. 
Make me a new person. I want to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us this morning? Tim is going to lead us in some more worship. And I want you to know that if you prayed that prayer in your heart, we would love to pray with you, especially if you prayed this for the first time. If you need a healing, one of our prayer team leaders here would love to pray with you. This morning, the challenge is that we seek his kingdom first and foremost above everything else in our lives. Seek Jesus and his kingdom in our schedules. Allow him to set your day. Imagine what our families would look like. Imagine what would happen if Jesus was at the center. If we gave the time that God gave us, if we gave that time back to him, if we carved out time to be with him, maybe that's how we get that heart of wisdom. This morning, if you need to leave, we ask that you would leave quietly. You're welcome to stay where you are and worship with us. God bless you this morning. Have a great week.